Ladies, gents, and the wonderful people of Floral Park Memorial, welcome to Episode 7 for those of you on YouTube and Episode 2 for those on Anchor or other podcast outlets to Shane Sports of New York. I am your host, Shane Palma, and today we are breaking down the 2019 NFL Draft from all different fan perspectives. Now, this draft certainly did not disappoint on Wow Factor. From the Raiders to the Giants, teams across the map shocked their fan bases with highly questionable but also some appreciated selections that will make the build-up towards next season all the more anticipated. Now, if you're a Marvel buff or haven't been living under a rock, then you know the Avengers Endgame came out this past weekend. Maybe we're not at the same caliber as Iron Man and Thor, but the Wolfpack, at least some of us, are back together today as the Jets, Giants, Rams, Vikings, and Bears, oh my, are all represented in today's mega podcast. I honestly have no clue how this is going to work, but here it goes. All right, everyone introduce yourselves in an orderly manner, please, for the sake of this channel. All right, so uh, I'm Kyle. I go to the University of Florida. I am the uh, the Chicago Bears fan. I know everyone everyone loves, loves them Bears. And I'm currently a marketing intern for the University Athletic Association at UF. I am Zach Corson from Los Angeles. Currently, I'm a senior in high school. But I'll be attending the University of Michigan next year as a major in sports management. Um, I'm a Rams fan, but don't worry, I'm not a bandwagon fan. I was a fan when they were in St. Louis. I had to suffer through the 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight Jeff Fisher years. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited about this year and looking forward to the Rams as a good team now. Hey, I'm Sam Coons. I'm a junior in Pennsylvania. I'm the Vikings fan, and uh, I'm excited to see how we do this season. Hey, I'm Elle Wigder. Um, I go to the University of Miami. I'm currently in a equipment manager for the football team here. I'm a, I'm a huge Giants fan. Um, yeah. So I don't know what's more heartbreaking here. The fact that Zach's Rams lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl without scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Or the fact that the Vikings paid Kirk Cousins over $90 million guaranteed and he won't even take them to the playoffs. We'll get there. I don't know. That was a, no, that was a rough <laughs> game to watch. <laughs> we'll get there. All right. Well, we're far off from the Super Bowl now. So let's go back. Last week was the NFL draft. And, of course, what everyone mostly anticipated was – Kyler Murray went first to the Cardinals, obviously sent the uh, the quarterback situation into a tailspin for them as they traded Josh Rosen later on to the Dolphins for a second-round pick. Second pick in the draft was the 49ers taking edge rusher Nick Bosa from Ohio State. Then the Jets had the third pick, taking Quinnen Williams from Alabama. Fourth pick, which was a little bit of surprise that we'll get into, was Cleanin Farrell from Clemson going to the Oakland Raiders. Obviously, they wanted to keep that one under wraps as they had sent all their scouts home except Gruden and Mayock that week. Fifth pick, we had uh, – oh, why am I drawing a blank here? Who's fifth? We had Devin White to the That's right. Buccaneers. Yes, and I actually had predicted that one in one of my mock drafts for those of you who saw that. And then since we have a Giants fan here, we'll go to the sixth pick, which was Daniel Jones, which is mm-hmm. another topic that we'll hit on eventually. But let's start, Kyle. Give us your thoughts on the top six here as we uh, are one week removed from this draft. Well, I'll definitely say the 49ers and Jets are very grateful teams right now for the Cardinals kind of, I don't know if it's so much an organizational standpoint as it's more, I think it's a a slippery slope when you go into it. I think that's what the Cardinals are stuck in right now with the Kyler Murray pick. Um, You know, you look at it, 
they had they they made the hire of Cliff Kingsbury, and he's sort of you know he, he's never been in the NFL before, as especially at a high coaching position, and so he wanted Murray. It was it was you know it was a guy he liked in college, and they're all in at this point, and it's the risk they're going to take. And personally, I don't think it's going to work out, but you know it really helped out teams such as the 49ers and. Jets, who got two of the, the best defensive talents in the draft, who should have gone one and two if you go off of best talent alone. So I would definitely say that's uh, that's definitely one of the things. And I because I, I didn't think – I thought when the Daniel Jones pick occurred that there would be a, a reach for quarterbacks throughout the draft. There really wasn't. Um, it's kind of good to see Haskins fell, in my opinion, and, and then Drew Locke fell even further. So um, I think it was uh, overall defense was expected to get picked, especially in top six, and that's what we saw. Um, I'm going to agree with Kyle here that the 49ers and Jets are really, really liking what they what they got out of this draft. And the Cardinals picking Kyler Murray, I feel like that's a really similar situation with Josh Rosen to the uh, Rams situation when they brought in McVay after they had Jeff Fisher. I think they should have given Rosen the chance uh, with the with the offensive minded uh, coach coming in, but I, I watching him watching Kyler Murray. I don't think you can go wrong with that pick, especially with the weapons that they surrounded him with. And a surprise for me was the Raiders pick. Uh, what is his name? Cleland Farrell. Cleland Farrell. Yeah. Yes, Cleland Farrell. I honestly, I think that they should have gone with Josh Allen, um, the defensive end from Kentucky, who fell to number seven to the Jaguars. But I think. The, the, any any defensive end from Clemson, um, they 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 were really good this past year, and Cleveland Farrell was solid. But I don't know about the fourth pick overall. Sam, what do you think about the whole situation here? Uh, I'm gonna agree with Zach here, mainly with the uh, Cleveland Farrell situation. Josh Allen terrorized Penn State in the bowl game that they played in, and he honestly. There was Josh Allen, Ed Oliver. I think there was a lot of better picks they could have taken at four. But all throughout the the top six, I think most of the teams picked who who they should have. Kyler Murray, Nick Boza, Quinnen Williams, all great picks there. And then you get to the Raiders and Giants, who I'm not so sure about. I think Devin White was also a good pick for Tampa Bay. They need to fill the, the hole from Quan Alexander moving on. And I think he's a good fit for them. Al, don't get depressed on me here. Come on, talk <laughs> about Daniel Jones. So, obviously, like, when I was watching the draft, like, you know, coming from a different perspective now, like, seeing more college football, you know that those top kind of picks were good picks, um, that they're going to be productive and everything. And then you get you got to the Raiders, and, you know, I remember my first reaction was kind of like, okay, that's – uh. That's an okay pick. Like, you know, it wasn't my team, so I wasn't really concerned. Um, but I, some people might have seen – I know Shane definitely saw my reaction video to the Giants pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I threw a little fit there. Um, we – in the room, I was watching with another – I was watching with a Steelers fan and uh, another Gi- Giants fan. And basically what was going through my mind is, like, how could they let that happen? If you have the sixth pick, you really had – so many left even if you didn't pick Haskins you had the option to build something bigger when Daniel Jones 
easily should have been a second round pick or either later in the first round. Like you had those other picks in the first round. No one would have taken him. I saw him play when they played Miami. Uh, I remember that game very well. It was pouring, but he wasn't the greatest quarterback. Like, yes, they did beat us. It was a close game. Tell you watching him now saying like, I've seen him play. I like, I don't know why they picked him. Why? Beyond Would you me. rather the Giants have <laughs> traded back and it seems like Daniel Jones was their guy so they were going to go for him anyway regardless if Haskins was on the board. So would you rather them traded back, acquire more assets in the draft or taking someone different at the pick? If you had the pick, who would you want there? Um, see, obviously, best case scenario was Haskins. I think obviously there is someone whispering in the Giants' ear saying, Oh, don't pick him. He has the best stats way beyond what Daniel Jones could have done. Um, So I don't know why that was. They obviously still have faith in Eli, which they really shouldn't. But there's something going on in that management. And that picture isn't clear yet what his place in this organization is going to be. So I think maybe that needs to be should have been made more clear by the Giants, whether that is picking him with a later pick being like, okay, let's pick another position. Um, I know they needed a defensive end, um, I believe, but like picking something else and then having him, if he wasn't our first pick, I think I would be okay with it. But if you waste your first pick like that, there's obviously an issue there. I'll, I'll start with Daniel Jones since we're still on him, but I, I would think as a Jets fan watching this, knowing that we desperately needed an edge rusher, Passing on Josh Allen, in my mind, as good as Quinn Williams was, was, was a little devastating because we've needed a defensive of end who can get to the quarterback. And I know the Giants traded away Olivier Vernon to the Browns earlier this offseason. And I'd seen a report earlier in the week saying Gettleman, he wants an edge rusher. He's going to take best available on the board. And the best case scenario happened. Josh Allen fell to them at six. And you see the report comes out the day before and then the day of the draft Giants want Daniel Jones and you know people are thinking this is like a smokescreen that maybe teams want to trade up or trade back since they know the Giants would want Daniel Jones not going to take a good player there but he ends up taking him and I I totally think it was way too early Uh, I had Daniel Jones in my mock going late in the in the first round I didn't you know even second round I didn't think he was a top four quarterback in this draft I had Drew Locke higher than him I had Haskins higher than him I just I, I find it crazy that they would think to use that early of a pick on a guy who would 100% been there at 17. The the Redskins wanted Haskins, and they, they stood pat at 15, and they landed their guy. And I do have a few stats here to bring up for Daniel Jones just because I found this very interesting. So I'm on pro football focus all the time, and they graded him an 81.9, which is like, uh, taking in all these – quarterback attributes and and among all the other quarterbacks in the draft which was fifth uh although he did play in one of the worst ranked behind one of the worst ranked offensive line in college he out of 44 quarterbacks who entered the draft uh or at least said they were committing for the draft ranked 40th uh 9.1 yards per attempt on average depth of target he is a younger version of eli manning at this point in eli's career (laughs) (laughs) He is not going to throw the ball downfield, and that is going to keep holding the Giants back. I mean, sure, you can throw to Saquon Barkley 16 times a game again and have him 
rack up those 16 catches, but that's not going to win you games. It just it's it's mind boggling to me. If we still had Odell Beckham, I think I would be more okay with this. Um, I definitely remember watching him when again when Duke came down here for a Miami game. Um, we had one of the best defenses in the country, um, and we definitely commanded Duke in that first half. But obviously, you know, you're at a pro level now. It's a lot more intense. I don't think he's going to last. I think the Giants are going to have to go back and say, okay, we we have to we need a, a new quarterback when Eli's like officially done. I don't think he's going to be able to produce what the Giants want him to produce. Now, on the flip side, and in, in uh, the other New York locker room at MetLife Stadium, I think the Jets, as a Jets fan, like I said before, I don't think they needed Quinnen Williams as another interior defender to uh, stop the run, but he's a, he's a phenomenal player. He's probably the top-ranked player in many people's boards in this draft. But looking back at the 2015 season, when the Jets were the closest as they were in the past, we're approaching a decade since they made the playoffs last, they had a defensive line stacked with Sheldon Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson, Leonard Williams, and Damon Harrison. They were they were unstoppable against the run. It got them to ten and six was was their max record there, and they did not make the playoffs. So I, as much as I like the Quinn and Williams pick, defensive uh, defensive tackles don't win you Super Bowls. They don't take you to the playoffs. A guy like Von Miller, when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty, uh, Bronc- uh, Von Miller won them that game getting to Cam Newton as much as he did, disrupting disrupting the Carolina offense. Like, he, he basically carried Peyton Manning, who was basically nothing at that point, and gave Denver that win. Now, I'm not saying Josh Allen is Von Miller. Could he end up being like that? Yes. You never know. But I just think the Jets missed out on an opportunity to grab an edge rusher that they desperately needed. And before we move on, some of the bit the debates we have lined up, I'll just quickly go through some of the other notes I have on these other picks. Obviously, I think Kyler Murray and Nick Bosa were the obvious choices at one and two. Um, maybe not as obvious since the Cardinals didn't need a quarterback, but Kyler Murray's a generational talent. I think you have to just take him there. You don't really want him to slip. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, I definitely thought that was a shock. I had him as my fourth-ranked edge rusher. PFF graded him at an 86.8. Josh Allen and Nick Bosa were the only two higher at 92.2 and 93.4. Uh, Farrell had 13 sacks last season, along with 11 quarterback hits, which ranked 13th amongst all defensive linemen entering the draft. Um, and could he have been there at 17 or, or 24 or 27, wherever the Raiders either traded up to get him or ended up drafting on their own? Tough to say. I think Ed Rushers were at a premium in this draft, and it's definitely ones where teams would have jumped on him. So I think the Raiders possibly could have traded back and still gotten him in the first round, but he did not need to go at four. And from there, we will segue back to the Giants, since, of course, this is uh, Shane Sports of New York. And we'll start with Kyle on this one. Should Daniel Jones start week one for the Giants? So I'm going to throw a twist on this. I'm actually a Daniel Jones fan. Um, I was shocked. I was shocked when the Giants took him, but I felt that he – while being one of the biggest projects, has probably the highest upside in this draft. Um, he's he's got a lot of comparisons to Peyton Manning. I'm not saying he is Peyton Manning or maybe the next one, but you look at his physical abilities. He he, he when you put him side by side with Peyton Manning when he was at Tennessee, it's very interesting to see how similar they are as quarterbacks. Now Peyton Manning's got his own mindset that made him Peyton Manning and who he is today. But 
you know, I, I like the Daniel Jones pick. I thought it was a little high at six, but when there was all this outrage, I think it was more the outrage of, of Gettleman, of his of his handling of the situation, than really him picking Jones. Um, you guys were saying you thought that that Jones would probably be available later on in the first round. I don't know so much about that. There there was reports out there that the Packers and I think Steelers were the other one that were said they were going to take him if if he was there. So and and whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. But I think what really happened and what I really think that Gettleman needs to start him in the first week or make sure he gets started in the first week is because, one, you put an organizational commitment that high in the draft someone, he needs to be your week one starter. Also, Eli at this point is at best a backup. He's, he's proven to, to not be reliable. He might have a flash here and there, but he's getting older. He's done his course. He's won his two Super Bowls. I mean, he's, he's done what he's needed to do. I think he's done. Um, but at the same time, I think because Gettleman, instead of just going out there and being like, this is who we wanted, this is, this is the guy that we are putting our franchise into, he went out and said, well, we, we only really took him because we felt somebody else was going to take him before us with our second first-round pick. So I think that it's important for them to kind of readjust their words, essentially, there and put them out of week one and show the fan base that, that this is a guy they need to get behind. Um, Zach, what do you oh, there you go? What do you think of this whole situation with Daniel Jones? So, I, I I didn't watch much of Daniel Jones this past season, but I did see the Independence Bowl, so I did see a very good performance from him. I think he threw for over four hundred yards and five or six touchdowns in that game. Um, so that was definitely a good showing, but. I still think he is a project and I would not start him week one. I would stick with Eli Manning, even though I, I Eli Manning is not going to win the giants any games or many games, if any at all. Um, but it may be, they, they, they may sit they, uh, Daniel Jones for a few weeks and then bring him in. I think, it, I think it'll just depend on how the team is doing. Sam, what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones starting week one? I I agree with uh, Zach here. With I think Eli should definitely start week one, but by week four, I think Daniel Jones should take the team, take the reins. And my whole my whole thought process on this really revolves around the twenty twenty one draft with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. You give Daniel mm-hmm. Jones two years to show he's their guy. He'll be the team leader. And if not, if Trevor Lawrence is there, you take him. You do whatever it takes to get him because I think he's the next big guy. L, we are at you, the <laughs> Giants fan. Do you like Eli, Eli Manning still? Do you even like him? Um, You know, this is a complicated question. I feel like, you know, I think it's – we don't know. I honestly could not tell you who I want to start week one. Um. Obviously, you don't want to start Eli because, you know, he's going down, you know, downhill fast, but you got this new guy coming in. And so I think it's just, I, at this point, I mean, for me, I I think at this point, first of all, why are you even keeping Eli Manning there if you're not going to start him? I'm not saying you should, but it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me to just keep bringing him back. This is, this is a cycle that obviously will eventually have an end, 
but right now it's it's unnecessary. I mean, they've drafted guy, they've drafted Davis Webb, they've gone through Kyle Aletta, they've gone through a few of these quarterbacks that even that haven't even had a chance, and and they don't play him just because Eli Manning is still there and he's still there now. So I honestly believe if they start the season with Eli Manning, Eli Manning is their quarterback until Week 13 when they're officially out of it, because Daniel Jones. As good, I, I'm not as good as he is. We don't know how good he's going to be yet. But if if you're going to go with your with your guy that you drafted, do it right away. Have him beat out Eli Manning in, in the uh, preseason, like I think he actually would, and take off from there. Because the Giants could they be in contention this year? It's it's possible. I don't know. the The NFC East has been a little shaky the past few years, even though the Eagles had won the Super Bowl two years ago. Last year was definitely a toss-up with Dallas narrowly making it in there, but um, the Giants have to have to make a decision sooner than later. And I think that Daniel Jones starting the season off Week One would be the right move. Throw him into the fire. I don't know if anyone has. Oh, there you go, Kyle. I mean, I think I think <laughs> I think though you look at the recent trend in in history with football with quarterbacks being drafted. Let's look at just the last three years. Josh Rosen, and I mean, obviously the whole Kyler thing now, but last year entered after week Manziel. three. I mean, not Manziel. Mitch um, Trubisky entered uh, after Mayfield. week four. Mayfield. Um, Jared Goff. Who else? Jared Goff too. The past uh, two years ago was thrown to the Mayfield. Fire. Yeah, may- seven maybe. I think so he, Goff. Goff was yeah, after what? He played how, many, eight. how many games was Goff? Wasn't seven or eight? Yeah, it was like halfway. So yeah, so maybe seven, eight, whatever. But he's halfway through. The other ones are about a quarter through. Um, you know, besides that, we had uh, Paxton Lynch before. I mean, that project went downhill, but he was he came in like four or five games into the season. So this isn't the first time, you know, we've seen this. And I think this is something – I know it's Eli, and there is that organizational attachment to it. Though It goes – I think they're in a weird situation because they don't have a stopgate quarterback like all those other teams did. The Browns had Tyler Taylor, the Bears had Mike Glennon, the, uh, the Cardinals had Mike Glennon and Sam Bradford. So there's there's these stopgate quarterbacks. Eli, like we said, won them two Super Bowls. He, it's like it's like Brady. I mean, Brady continues to keep winning, but if Brady ever went downhill for whatever reason, I don't think they just kick him aside right away because he has that. You know, there's too much loyalty there. It's a it's a loyalty driven business oftentimes, and we're seeing that here. But the Giants also, you name some other quarterbacks that they aren't really giving you a shot. Those are mid round picks. This is a first round pick. They're first of three first round picks this year. So I think it's um. I think that we could see it probably after week four or five. You know, if the Giants start out zero and four, so you see organizational attachment. But the the Giants have have shown that even I don't know if it was last season or two seasons ago with the amount of times that Eli has been given second, third, fourth chances. But they started Geno Smith in a game, and it seems like the Eli Manning era was done. And then next thing you know, he he comes right back in the next week, and his starting streak goes on. Like it doesn't seem like they want to move on from him. Like Tom Brady, like I don't think that yeah they really. I don't I, think I don't think they do. Like, even really. Dave Gettleman has come out, and I I saw this on a post on Instagram not too long ago, saying that he thinks that Eli Manning has three years left, and I think that's detrimental to the franchise. That you're just you're putting what he would be like forty one at that point. That you're just gonna you're gonna keep riding a quarterback. You're beating a dead horse at this point. I. I get it. I get it. If you know, like if you're Brady and you're still finding ways to win, but he's not finding ways to win. Absolutely. And that's where it becomes I, I an mean, issue. It's, I think it's time. If you're going to make a statement that you want to see change in an organization, do it week one. 
Just put in Daniel Jones, put in your future, and see where it takes you. And uh, from there, we'll move on a little bit. We'll t- we're still going to talk quarterbacks. We're going to go, who do we think could possibly have the better career moving forward after the first pick Kyler Murray was taken by Arizona? Do we think it could be him or Josh Rosen now moving to the AFC East uh, with Tom Brady on the brink of retirement, hopefully? Uh, the AFC East is going to be full of young quarterbacks. Does he take advantage of the situation? What do we think? Kyle, we can start with you here. Uh, sounds good. I uh, This is a tough one. I, I think that – I think Kyler definitely has the better potential to be a good quarterback. Um, I think Rosen was given – dealt a bad hand last year in a situation in Arizona. Um, watching him go out there – his his playbook was very minimal. He had a defensive-minded coach out there um, with Todd Wilkes, so I think that it'll definitely be interesting to see how he does in Miami because, once again, he's got another defensive-minded coach. So, you know, they're not really giving him much room. I, I do like that they're giving him – they're showing him faith, and he's definitely going to have the starting job, I would probably say, week one. I'm going to say, as much as I don't – I'm not a big Kyler Murray fan, I do think Kyler Murray is going to end up yeah, uh, that's exactly right. Because I think he's uh, set up in a better situation. Tyler Murray is just is, in at least for the a really, next two to three years. A really nice situation with the offensive-minded uh, head coach in Kingsbury. Even though he didn't succeed at Texas Tech, I I think offensively he's going to be really good for Kyler Murray and then the weapons around him. With the Dolphins, you have a, a defensive head coach and not many weapons surrounding Josh Rosen. Um, well, in in his first year, um, in particular, I don't I don't know how effective he'll be there, um, but I, I think just based on the situation, Kyler Murray, uh, I, I I would favor Kyler Murray. I agree for. I agree with you for the different reasons. Obviously, Kyler Murray's in a better situation with a better coach, uh, more offensive-minded, but there's going to be some growing pains there. Um, I think Rosen doesn't start in Miami. and We could see Rosen start by midway through the season, but I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to get that starting job at the start of the season. And I don't know how long Rosen will last in Miami. I really don't. Oh, what do we think? Um, I, I think Kyler Murray definitely is going to have the better, definitely has the better situation, but I think Josh Rosen will have some opportunities here in Miami. I think he may be able to get that starting job, but we don't know yet. Obviously, um, Kyler Murray definitely is in a much better situation, um, coaching wise. We just talk about. See you know, this one. Oh, you go, Zach. We yeah. talk about how how nice Rosen's life has been the last like four years, going from L.A. to Arizona to Miami. <laughs> I mean, it like UCLA. I guess it worked out for him. His first round pick didn't really work out in Arizona, but he goes to Miami. Like, I don't know anyone else in the history of sports that has had the luck that he has had, and to continuously be given a shot when he it seems he gets kind of picked over a lot in terms of. Like because I mean, even at UCLA, like they really struggled. But UCLA hasn't had a solid football team in I don't know ten plus years, and 
and they weren't that they really weren't that good when he was there. He's a good quarterback, but he, he the team wasn't that good. And then he was at Arizona, they weren't that good. Miami's not a good football team, but he still gets given a shot. The last three, I just think it's interesting, and it's uh, and but if he can't beat out Fitzpatrick, I don't care what magic Fitzpatrick pulls out. If he can't beat him out, that's that says something because they they give up a second round pick for him versus a guy that's held Fitzpatrick now 38, 37, and he's I know he's up there, and and who is once again like we talked about a stopgate. Oftentimes you're seeing this. That's all he is. So I mean, Rosen's not a rookie anymore. I'm going to put something out there, and anyone can take this if you want. But if the Dolphins finish with the worst record this season and Tua's on the board, obviously he would I... be if they're picking number one, what are you going to do? If Rosen has, like, an awful season, let's say he's he does the same thing in Arizona as he does in Miami, he shows little promise, you only took um, a second-round pick I would say, to possibly take him. for one are more year, Tua? wait for Trevor Lawrence. Give Josh Rosen one more year. Surround him with more weapons. I think who's their running back? Kenyon Drake, uh, maybe. Yeah, all right. He's good. He's good. He's a good running back. And then yeah, some right wide now. receivers. Devontae Parker, solid. Kenny Stills, he's a good uh, complimentary guy. But they don't have that number one. I would use that top pick on a wide receiver, um, and then see how Josh Rosen does with those options around him. Then go for Trevor Lawrence if he still isn't able to succeed. Right, yes. Or some defensive help. Kyle, what I do mean, you think? I don't know. I see here's the thing. I'm not a fan of undersized quarterbacks. I know Baker did well, but he was one of the, he was like the first one. It was a shock that you look at players like Kyler and and Tua and in my head I see I I see R G three and probably ending up being uh, um, Lamar Jackson. I just see injury front of my mind. Those guys are getting hit like running backs and Trevor Lawrence is, or not Trevor Lawrence, uh, Lamar Jackson is one of the skinniest men I've ever seen in my life. And it's just, I, I just, I see an injury risk at that because they're going to start running in circles. And, and yes, mobile quarterbacks have been successful in the past, but they're very rare. Like um, Sam knows this as a Vikings fan, Mitch Trubisky, He's a big, he's a big guy, but he likes to run. Yeah. It took, it took a, like a very like bang, bang play and at a weird angle for him to get injured in the game against the Vikings. I mean, like, but you look at like RG3 and while he's, he's a very specific example, you know, there's also Tyra Taylor who's had a little bit of injury problems and there's players like that, that they, they just get, they run around a lot and they're going to get hit from weird angles and it's something that happens. So I think that, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think that, oh, you don't see Russell Wilson? Not really, it? no, because Wilson doesn't run as much as he used to. Also, Wilson's Wilson's a very built guy. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's a little more stocky. Two is not that stocky. Wilson, Wilson. Besides last year, when they finally improved the offensive line and gave him more of a run game, he was running for his life, and he was still making plays and and leading them but to at a, least playoff hopes. That's what I'm I mean, saying. when you it's... you have these guys who are built like receivers playing quarterbacks. That's or if they're shorter, it'd be like a running back. But that's what I'm saying, like because they're so fast. I mean, if you told me ten years ago, if you had a player like Kyler Murray ten years ago, no coach would have had him play quarterback. He would have been a running back or receiver. So I think that you know Michael Vick was one of the first like very run specific quarterbacks. I know there's guys way in the past, but like that was very prominent for it. 
he was a big guy. He was he was a large man. These guys nowadays are under six foot, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they're just, in my opinion, they're more they're more prone to injury. So, to getting back to the original point, if I was the Dolphins and I had the number one pick, I wouldn't take Tua. I think Justin Herbert's a good option. He's got a he's got a hell of an arm out of Oregon. Um, and all this talk about Trevor Lawrence, I think I agree with all you guys. He's the next he's the next big thing in, in the NFL in football in general. But I wouldn't bank on having the number one pick because if you try that and then you don't succeed and get him, then yeah. you're stuck. You know what I'm saying? Like you're stuck with drafting. A, well, you could get like a defensive player. You could get someone yeah. else. But, you know, everyone's going to try to get Lawrence or you might get stuck having to trade up and then you're going to give up all future assets just to acquire Trevor Lawrence. And, I mean, I, I know think, he's, a, he's a generational I think player. He would, I think he would have been the number one pick in this draft two years from now. if he was eligible. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we're definitely we're definitely going to get to this. Let me just, Al, what do you think about the whole two at Dolphins, everything Josh um, Rosen situation? I definitely think Trevor Lawrence would be, would probably fit better for them in their situation right now. However, you don't know how the next two years are going to go. Josh Rosen could thrive in Miami for all we know. Um, so I definitely think not, probably not picking a quarterback next year, but definitely considering it the year after, whether that is Trevor Lawrence or it isn't. So since we're all we're all talking quarterbacks here, I, I really like this question. So everyone here, we're going to pick one quarterback between last year's draft class, this year's draft class, right. and next year's draft class. Not We're not yeah, including yeah. Trevor Lawrence here because obviously we know he's special because that's two years away. But we're going to pick one from the past three years or the past year and this year and next year to start your franchise with. So, Kyle, who, who do you want to go uh, with? You know, it dep- like, do I have any other receivers on the team? Like, Or is it just like this is the first player I'm picking out of a old draft like to start my team? This is this is you are starting your team now. You just got like a, an, an entry okay. expansion team. And you get to take your quarterback, your pick from one of the past uh, three classes. Oh, man, I think I would. Uh, I think I would definitely take Baker, probably just because I like the success we've seen on this field, and I like his confidence. You give him the right, you give him the right receivers, and yeah, I'm gonna agree. I'm out. sure Shane. I'm sure you were watching that uh, Thursday night football game when Tyrod Taylor, when Tyrod Taylor went out and <laughs> Baker Mayfield came in and just was electric, yeah. and. It just you you could you could see the change in the team and how much of a difference he makes. I think no matter who you surround him with, he's just going to make people better, and that's that's what you're looking for in a franchise quarterback. I'm going to completely agree with you guys and go Baker Mayfield. I loved Baker coming out of college. He's he's a huge competitor. Uh, you know, planting the flag. In the middle of the field, like was that uh, Ohio State? I think right. Oh. I think so. Ohio yeah. State. I mean, yeah, his, that sounds right. His his competitive edge and uh, the way he plays the game, he he understands it's a physical game. He wants he wants to do he wants to get down and uh, be that guy, not only throwing the ball, but he'll he's willing to take a hit for the team and lead the team and. You know, I I think Baker's a good comparison for Russell Wilson. Um, yeah, they're they're similar in size, similar in play style. Um, and the Seahawks were not great when Wilson came into the league. 
So you look at those two guys, and I don't know how you wouldn't take Baker. I'm going. I am going to completely L- agree yeah. with everybody else. Baker Mayfield. Um, he has a unique set of skills. Like obviously, we've seen what he can do in Cleveland, and now with the additions they just made, he's just going to keep going up. So I definitely think he would be hands down my pick. Sam the man, Broadway Sam, <laughs> Sam Darnold. I'm going to disagree with everyone here, and there's no Jets bias. Yeah, not, whatever. None really at all. <laughs> then I'm going to say Sam Darnold. I would start. Uh, I mean, listen, the the Jets even came out and said it after last year's draft. They thought Sam Darnold was the first quarterback taken off the board by the Browns, and they were shocked when they fell to him at three. They were fully prepared to take Baker Mayfield, but Darnold had that, has that stature. I mean, he, he had his only flaw was the turnover problem, and I think he fumbled maybe once or twice, and he recovered one of them last year. Like, he is going to be, the first of all, not even just the best quarterback in the AFC East after this year once Tom Brady is washed up uh, but I think he, he's going to end up being one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. I really like the promise of Sam Donald. I like what I saw last year since obviously I watched every single game He's he brings he's not an outspoken leader like Baker Mayfield he's a little bit more on the quiet side but Every one of the teammates, his teammates on the Jets last year, respected him. They all got behind him right away. He obviously started week one. And I, I love Sam Donald for the future, not only for the Jets, but for any franchise that I would start from today. Uh, and I think we are going to start winding it down here. So before we head off, I'm just going to get everyone's way too early Super Bowl predictions for next year. Just a, a fun little thing to throw out there. So, Kyle, who do, who oh, do we have as the matter? All right, so this is uh... – I, I I never I every year I I say it's not the Patriots year, they just probably won last year. But uh, I I definitely think I think Brady has at least one more in him. As much as I hate saying that, I think he's got another in him. And then from there, it's I know you know same thing with you and Darnell. I'm a little biased. I think the Bears, uh, mm. Zach too, he's a Rams fan. Um, for them to not really win anything, and you know mm. it took a it took a faulty kicker to really. Uh, cause them to end their, their uh, Super Bowl run early. But if if besides that, I would also say the Saints. I think same thing. Like, their window, well, the Bears' window is just opening. The Saints is just closing soon. Breeze has got, I'd say, about three or four more years left. And if that, and I think that he's got at least one more run left in him. Yeah, I like I like the Bears. Um, I think their defense can carry them and their their offensive improvements will help. Um, but, you know, I am going to go with the Rams. I think <laughs> the Rams would beat the Bears. <laughs> um, yeah, home, hometown. Another shocker. Pick. And uh, I'm going to go for that offensive Super Bowl against even, the even without Kansas City Chiefs. Even without Tyreek Hill, just Mahomes, it is – it is. Losing Kareem Hunt and Tyree Kill is huge to this Chiefs offense. They're going to double team Kelsey next year, and I don't. I don't think people can teams can shut Mahomes down yes, entirely. There were games when Tyree Kill was just silent, and and they they still they still were winning, and they they made who who was their draft pick this year? They made a draft pick. They were he was a wide receiver, fast guy. Um, 
Yes. Yeah. Either, either Kelvin or Kevin Hardman. I know exactly what you're talking about. They traded up to get this guy. I, I really think – I don't know if he's going to fill the void that if possibly lost Tyreek Hill yeah, I uh, think in his place, he but he's help. definitely a, a great um, asset to their offense. I think Sammy Watkins, he's, he's solid. Um, hopefully they'll stay healthy. Um, they, they, they will struggle. They don't have many wide receivers, but Travis Kelsey is just a monster and Patrick Mahomes, he, he, he's a wizard. So I, I, I wouldn't doubt him. <laughs> Sam, what do you have the Vikings in the Super Bowl? Cause Kirk Cousins can definitely get there. As much as I would love to say the Vikings and as well, they drafted this year. I was thrilled with the draft. Uh, I'm I'm not going to go with it because as a Vikings fan, um, you know it just is never going to happen. So I'm going to go with the Chargers and the Saints as my Super Bowl teams. Um, the Chargers have drafted well. They've got Philip Rivers, who historically hasn't done it, hasn't gotten it done in the playoffs. But I mean, they've got a stellar defense: Joey Boza, Derwin James, Casey Hayward, and they just drafted a. Uh, was it Addison in the second round? Yeah, he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, you've got the Saints, who Drew Brees, outstanding quarterback. You've got Alvin Kamara. I know they lost Mark Ingram, but they added Latavius Murray, a uh, previous Viking, who will fill that role relatively well. Uh, Michael Thomas is one of the top receivers, and their defenses, again, they've got a bunch of young guys who will just get it done. <laughs> I wasn't. Oh, I had Giants. no intention to say the Giants. <laughs> um, <laughs> I definitely. I think um, either the Rams or the Saints. That's who I, who I think definitely with whatever has been previously said. <laughs> so you that think is a crazy prediction? No, I said either or. I meant. Oh. So who are they playing? I think it's either the winner is going to be the Saints or <laughs> the Rams. You get what I'm saying. It's probably going to be against. <laughs> That's the a very interesting and bold I, Super Bowl you know prediction. What? I'm just focusing on the Giants. Yes. Oh my god. I, no, I respect it. No, I respect it because oh. I'm going to say the New York Jets in the Super Bowl. Le'Veon Bell is going to carry them all the way there. And then I woke then- up. I'm I'm going to go with the Saints. A lot of people have said the Saints. I think this is Drew Brees' last hoorah. I think he makes it to the Super Bowl, and I think he wins it. Uh, and then no one said the Indianapolis Colts. I think they took a huge step forward last year. Andrew Luck's finally healthy. They have an insane offensive line. Uh, T.Y. Hilton hopefully is back and fully healthy next year. Marlon Mack is a great running back. They have Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins to balance him out. I think especially on that defense – you get a full season of Malik Hooker at safety. You get Jabal Sheard and Darius Leonard and and uh, all their other great defensive backs that they've added. I think that the Colts, yeah, exactly. <sighs> I think the the, uh, the Colts could make it past the Patriots after Tom Brady has this I, epic collapse. I in, have a question for you guys. In the uh, how, AFC how Championship far game. The Browns At least that's what I hope. Go. Yes. Wild card. Okay. I was gonna say wild card. They they have. Yeah, a, I say that's. Yeah, I say that's their exit. 
so here's here's my the thing. There's too many them. mouths to feed. Individually, they have like one of the best teams in the league. It's how they come together. You have a lot of guys who are, are known to want to be like the star and having. It's kind of like when the Heat first formed, you know, well, way back in time. You know, it's how are they all going to mesh together? And I think they might be. I think they could be really good two years down the road if they're all still together. If they add to the team, but at least for this first season, I think there's too much talent to not make the playoffs. They'll definitely make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll make a run. Yeah, I don't know because the the friendship between oh. Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, I that's about to turn into a, a rivalry in the locker room. They're going to be at each other. I guarantee it by week nine. I don't know. I just I can't. I can see the, you got, you got uh, see the Browns never, going you know, to the playoffs. Pass the wild like, card. That's the I question. <laughs> <laughs> I think either either the no. quarterback coach, or the defense coordinator, think... one of the two. I don't think he's ever had a previous head coaching. Yeah, job. I don't. I don't even but, think uh, he was the I offensive we coordinator for to... a full season. Oh, I think he was quarterbacks coach, and then when like when Todd Haley and Hugh, Hugh no. Jackson were gone, yeah, big leap. They they promoted him there and yeah. then they gave him the shot and he's gonna he's gonna take this Browns team and uh, I'm gonna take this podcast and wrap it up right now. I want to thank everyone, uh, Kyle, L, Sam, Zach, everyone here for joining me today. And uh, if anyone has anything to plug, I know L has her podcast, this, but uh, it's eh, well, like, it's been here and there. It's over with. I actually like at some point that. can't talk about college football a lot because I'm tied with the team. Fun well, I'll see you in Orlando. I will be traveling mm-hmm. with them though, so. Yep. Oh, that's fun. Support the Canes. <laughs> I will see right. you in Orlando. Right. We will win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. And I think Mizzou might take home against that. the Gators <laughs> next year too. But we're going to leave it at that. We're going to leave it at that, and I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to tune in. we got more episodes coming yeah, this week. Shane, Sports of New York. Yeah.